was thinking for the uh, intro, we'll just do uh, Mastered MMA. Mastered <laughs> MMA. Mastered MMA. Mastered MMA. Yeah. And that'll be it. You should have just done that. <laughs> if I wanted. Alright, here we go. Welcome everyone. Another episode of Mustard MMA. We have had an absolutely cracking card at the weekend. Came out of nowhere. Didn't see that one coming whatsoever, but uh, brilliant card to break down. And we've got a massive pay-per-view coming up this weekend. I mean, all, all honesty, it might be even better this weekend. We've got title fights and we've got quite a bit of news going on as well. My name's Joe. Matt, how are you doing? Hello, young man. You alright? Yeah, all good this week, mate. I'm feeling very Christmassy myself. I've looked I've lit my candle. Nice. I've lit my candle. It's apple pine, I believe. Ooh. So I'm fully in the spirit now. Are you? Not yet. We ain't, I ain't even got a tree up at the moment. But um, what do you reckon this what weekend? Are you <laughs> what are you playing at? I'm slacking. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm letting everyone down. How's the old um, muscle building going? I mean, obviously, you've dealt with the physical side of it. Um, are you going to get some kind of Brock Lesnar tattoo on the front <laughs> as well to match the size? Like a sword slash penis. Sword slash penis, or maybe even like a, a Tiago Santos hammer. Yeah. Or something like that, I think you could pull it off, what do you reckon? Uh, I'm not quite sure I could pull it off, to be honest. I think I uh, might be you sort pull of... pull off the penis. <laughs> I think I might be sort of uh, setting certain expectations that, that I simply cannot deliver on with a Tiago Santos-style tattoo on my chest. <laughs> so uh... Let's get into the fight, shall we? They're probably more entertaining than our chat about hammers. Yeah, I mean, this card, like I said, came out of nowhere. Main event, we knew it was going to be a good one, and it turned out to be a bit of an upset, we thought. I mean, it was kind of 50-50, wasn't it? Because like, we, we we got into it last week. We don't need to go through it again. But anyway, Marvin Vittori came out on top, and he uh, he looked fantastic, really, didn't he? He cemented himself in that top five, definitely. Called out Borrocino Paolo Costa afterwards, which I think is just, uh, you know, that'd be a cracking fight. I think it's the one to make, to be honest. I think it makes a lot of sense. But I think it's just an amazing fight all round. Hamanson looked good as well, didn't he? It was back and forth. When one man you thought he was he was tiring or he was starting to lose it, he came back, and vice versa. Hamanson picked up a round or two, you could argue. So, brilliant fight. What do you reckon? We we, we said it last week, and it that that's just a dangerous fight to take. What ten spaces below him in the rankings, and I thought he looked much the larger, didn't he? He looked absolutely massive. Yeah, yeah. he looked like a beast, angry as ever. Looked like a 2006 Bisping when he was up at light heavyweight, rocking the skinhead. Shaved head. And I think it told the tale, really. Hermanson, the final bell, just limping to his corner. He looked absolutely shot, didn't he? And Vittori picked up the well-deserved win. I thought he looked mustard. And straight into a number one contender fight. I mean, you say Boracina, he called him out there. The first thought, because I missed a post-fight interview, so I didn't realise he called out Boracina. I thought, oh easy fight to make is Darren Till let's make who's the king of the, the European middleweights obviously he stepped in for Darren Till but he's got um, his eyes hot on a higher ranked opponent in Boracina that's just a, yeah, that's just a messy fight isn't it so I don't really know which way they're going to go with it either fight suits and Vittori's in the conversation now yeah 100% and Jack Manson didn't discredit himself too much really another couple of wins and, and he could be back in it he might even get the Till fight get that one back on you, ne- you never know because you could argue Vittori's jumped the queue a little bit there so interesting but the uh, reward for taking a short notice fight against such a tough opponent 
uh, is just and and, True. It, and it paid off for him. So uh, he's rightly so junk jumped Penn's faces. <laughs> yeah, the, the midway yeah. division is going to just look chaotic as it did compared to two weeks ago. Um, and Vittori, man, he's, he's right in the mix. And we had uh, light heavyweight. I mean, this one was a good one. OSP up against Jamal Hill. Now, OSP, I was thinking while I was watching it, actually, he doesn't get a lot of credit. He's never quite made it to the top, but just an absolute monster, really, in that, in that light heavyweight division for years. Fought everyone. Turns up no matter what. And for Jamal Hill to finish him, TKO round two, I mean, there's a, a lot a lot of impressive finishes and performances on this card, but arguably this might be the best one, I thought, because to put, to put OSP like, away like that take, takes a good effort. Oh, yeah. He, he's one of the big names, one of the mainstays. God knows how many fights and wins in the UFC. God knows how many submissions as well. He's one of the... the he sort of made John Jones look human. Obviously, he lost that fight in that interim title bout a couple of years ago, but he hung in there with him, probably the greatest of all time. And for Jamal Hill to come in and just sort of put a beating on him like that, end it the way he did, relentless as well, weren't stopping. He, he, again, another random person right in the mix there. Yeah, because you look at him now, I mean, 7-0, and oh, just beat OSP, and he's, he is that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not allowed to edit. You're not allowed to edit. You've got to continue the point, son. <laughs> he is that real gatekeeper, isn't he? So to speak, OSP. And there's not like a ton. There's not a ton there above him, really, is there? To be honest. So uh, to, to to get to get a finish, arguably there's there's maybe some less exciting fighters in that division. Jamal Hill's right up there himself now. Another big mover. Another big mover before that. Gabriel Mowgli Benitez, great nickname. I mean, this was a brutal knee to the body. I kind of physically flinched when it happened. I almost felt it myself a little bit. Uh, up against Justin James. Uh, I mean, he looked he looked cracking, didn't he? Mustard from the first first bell, and the I mean, James fair play took some absolute digs there, didn't he? Some proper proper little rascals, but Mowgli would have finished. Just I thought James he looked all right himself. He to be did fair, look but good. That knee, yeah. That took, that took the wind out of myself. I had to sort of uh, regather my thoughts after that one, yeah. Horrible. Oh, no. Not for me. And then before that, more light heavyweights. There's some big old lads on this card, aren't there? Some absolute units. The Lidsey up against John Allen. Fine out of Brazil. Great name coming out of Brazil. <laughs> uh, but uh, Lidsey looked good. I mean, John Allen gave it a good go and he, he caused him a bit of trouble. The, the Lidsey, as much as he tried to not take it too seriously... He had to at certain moments, but you did feel that Delitti was a little bit of a step above, and potentially, if it's not all, uh, uh, if it, if he can walk the walk as much as he seems to talk the talk, he sort of uh, asked his coach, "Should I sort of meet him now?" And he was like, "Yeah, brother, go on, do it." So he tried, tried the hill hook, didn't he, or something like that, which is always entertaining. But if he can, if he can switch on when he needs to, he could be quite a little prospect in that division. Yeah, he didn't look like he was getting out of like second third gear really though did he look no. like he was all too comfortable in there which is a good thing obviously um, but he could get a little bit too lax because like, when you're fighting in that division as well one small mistake surely the night can yeah, end for him exactly. but he, yeah. I thought he looked pretty good particularly he said split decision but it was obviously not a split decision there was some pretty Mickey Mouse judging going on there who rightly so got outed by a young Paul Felder and Cruzy boy they did yeah had a go didn't they I thought I think uh, Cruz has grown on me a lot recently i feel like he's just he's he's getting it a bit more he's he tightens up his, his commentary he's not kind of 
breaking stuff down as obsessively. I'm really starting to mm. like Dominic Cruz. No, I like him as I, I like how he was out in the the judges' name as many times as possible. <laughs> he got it yeah. out there, so he he wasn't a happy bunny. There was another fellow on there. I don't know if you saw this, Joe. You right there, son? Yeah, just got a little frog in my throat there. Oh, okay. It's all it's all going off. Spanish lad. There's a lot a lot of European uh, talent on show here, weren't there? Yeah, there's a lot. Lots a of lot. European, so it's big big for them, big for the continent. Elia Tapuria, right? Unbeaten, looks absolutely naughty. I forget who he even beat. Looking back, but it was an absolutely nasty finish. Uh, he looks a real prospect to keep looking out for in the future, mate. Yeah, and of course the main card opened up with. I mean, this set the tone really. It was something quite spectacular. You haven't really seen the likes of this ever, really. Not 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 the specifics here, but Jordan Levitt, as we like to call him. I think I believe Levitt is a correct pronunciation, so we'll give him that. Coming out against Matt Wyman, you obviously spoke about him last week coming back. You know, he's been around. He's been around the block a few times. And he got a round one slam KO against him. And just, just the technique here is why it was a little bit different. Because he obviously put that forearm across the face, braced, and just uh, smashed him onto, onto the canvas. And obviously he's, he's had, had nowhere to go. And that was it. And it, I guess you could argue, Matt Wyman, you could have maybe done something a little bit earlier. That position, he, he was just held in by Levitt. Levitt but uh, spectacular. I was almost watching this one since the the, uh, the MC announcements. I was watching it through my through my hands like that. I could just see it coming. Yeah. Like Leave it was almost apologising in the glove touch because I could tell that Matt Wyman was gonna. It wasn't gonna end well for him. He looked so much older. He and it didn't go well for him in the last fight or two. And and I felt almost sick. I could, it, it's rare when you're a big fan of MMA. It's rare that you're a bit queasy and. There's some stuff you can't look at. It normally tends to be injuries like leg breaks and things like that. And like that. But this one in particular is probably one of the worst I've, I've ever seen. Just the ferocity of it. And I don't think it helped. It was in an empty arena. You could hear yeah. everything. And uh, it weren't I good. Think, Luckily, he was up and, I think up it took and moving him 15. about shortly after. But it, weren't, it didn't look good initially, did it? No, I think it took him a good five, ten minutes to get up walking about. And his wife in his corner probably uh, doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. And, and uh, Levitt. I believe went over and spoke to her and consoled her. He spoke on the mic afterwards, after the win, as you do. And he was kind of very concerned about him. He was almost... Uh, the fact that he'd hurt someone so badly overshadowed the win in many ways for him, it seemed. So, I mean, fair play to him. He's a bit of a different character in the UFC, uh, which is always a good thing. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. He's obviously got a lot of athleticism. He's got the splits in his back locker, so or his back pocket, even. So, yeah, I mean, fantastic all round. Didn't see it coming, like I say, but probably one of my favourite cards. All, like, prelims, main card, probably my fav- one of the favourites I've seen for a long, long time. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember if we mugged it off. I mean, we tend to mug them off. So, um, <laughs> I'll take that back. But I, I'm loving the seven or eight fight cards. I mean, I think they should be they should be on more often than not, particularly for these fight nights. There's no real reason to have a prelim card. I mean, a lot of the fighters on the main card are sort of prelim-level names. Not talent, names. So I, I'm more inclined to watch the whole fight card from start to finish if it's seven or eight. There's obviously a lot more energy within the commentary team and stuff like that. Save the prelims and the main card for like the big TV events and the pay-per-view events, I reckon, because I, I loved it. I, I, don't, I think there was one in the summer as well during the pandemic uh, delivered similarly. So I'm all for it. I think um, there's a lot to be said for it moving forward. Not, not these 13, 14 fight cards where they pack it for the filler. Seven or eight top-class fights in one card. Happy days. 
Yeah, and I mean, Dana has, uh, at the weekend, alluded to the fact that they might be getting rid of quite a few fighters uh, in, in the near future. So maybe maybe they have found themselves in a, in a little bit of a pickle with quite a lot of names on there and they find it quite difficult to... Well, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe they're just there's a lot of names and they've got to get fights for them, and they that leads to big cards, I guess, long cards that go on for a little while. So maybe maybe they're in the same mind as you. He might he might. I don't know if you've been speaking to Dana, have you? Maybe maybe, maybe that's what's happened. I've I've had a few WhatsApps. Yeah. With uh, <laughs> big, big Uncle Dane. D. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they could look at the blueprint of the the contender series and think, look, it's an empty arena. There's no fans here. That delivers with five fights, and and that's one of the biggest shows in the, at the minute that the UFC are putting out. Why can't we do that for some of the fight nights? Maybe when I get there's a backlog of fights because of the pandemic and stuff. But I believe they must have caught up by now. They've been at it since May, haven't they? So, um, and particularly since there's no fans in there, I, th- I think it'd be a good idea to go down. But maybe just once a month or something, like a, just a packed card, but only seven or eight fights. I think it'd be good. Now it's time for the news. <laughs> So what we've got here, young Matthew, I've got, uh, I've got four fight announcements that we've had in the past week. Again, churning them out big time, the UFC. What I'd like to do, what I'd like you to do is to put them in order, what, what you're most looking forward to and what you're least looking forward to, I guess, would be the other end, although it might be a bit harsh. Uh, there's some different ones here, so we'll start off with the one that's coming up first. Anthony Pettis up against Alex Morono. Obviously, Morono on his way up. Pettis, always in fun fights. That's in December. Tom Breeze has got a fight up against Akmedov. I believe that's in June. Amari Akmedov. Mm. That's a June. good one. Uh, Jan, sorry. <laughs> that would be quite a way off. <laughs> Build that hype. <laughs> Six months. Go on. Ah, oh, dearie me. Uh, Benavidez up against Askarov. Good one in March. And you've got big old Dom Cruz up against Casey Kenny. Again, that one's in March. So, uh, I mean, just, just, just side note, it's interesting. Casey Kenny's got a big Dom Cruz fight. He, of course, beat Nathaniel Wood not too long ago. So it's funny how the cards fall sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I want you to put what, which one you're most looking forward to. Second, third, fourth. Yeah, I mean, like, just to sort of carry on what you're saying there, like, Nathaniel Wood must be thinking, for fuck's sake, like, you get, you get the raw end yeah. of a, a bad decision like that and then... Yeah, it can't get any worse. Take it on the chin, and then he gets the former champion. So, mad, yeah. Bit annoying from a Wood Camp perspective and UK perspective, but big fight for Kenny. So, what am I doing? Four to one or one to four? Go then, yeah. Go four to one. Four to one. Four to one. Well, I've got to put the Morono Pettis one in there. I think I do like Pettis, but getting a bit long in the old tooth now, isn't he? I mean, this is very much an old lad versus the young pretender. It is, yeah, yeah set of fights in it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the uh, young Showtime last with okay. Morono I think that's fair yeah I think that's fair uh, in third place I'm going oh. to be putting for the pure reason I can't believe he's still going so you you, you have to respect it but I can't, I, when I saw Benavidez is back I thought Jesus Christ I can't <laughs> he's going to beat Askarov <laughs> Figueredo will win at the weekend vacate go to Bantamweight Benavidez versus uh Moreno for the vacant flyweight title in uh, February or something like that. All right, That's cool. probably the route we're going to be going down. What do you reckon? Is that hard? <laughs> I don't know. Askarov's obviously dangerous and he's a tricky customer. Benavidez, two tough losses there. Two quite quite bad defeats. So, 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he very well I could. Mean, like, got a, like we were talking about it last week, weren't we, with Parker Porter? And he's yeah. Just that fighter's mentality is just refusing to stop and keep on trucking, basically, till he gets that title. It may even play, play in his favour. Yeah. He may get there in the end. Exactly, yeah. So, second, I'm going to go with the aforementioned Cruzy boy, Kenny Ladd. Okay, yeah, I think yeah. A fight because I think Kenny, while we both thought he probably didn't win that fight, it was very close. And he, he also, that fight was excellent, wasn't it? That was just yeah. great next speed. And that Tremendous. may actually overcome uh, Cruz's age, ring rust. I mean, he looked all right against the Hudo, but it was an early finish. Yeah. Maybe an early stoppage. Um, but over three rounds, you might think Cruz is probably too wily to eke out a decision. But I think it'd be a good fight nonetheless. I don't think Kenny's going to back down at all. So that means you're most looking forward to Big Tommy Breeze. Breeze and uh, Akhmadov. Yeah, yeah. Akhmadov. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I I probably, because there's, I agree. There's, that's one with the most jeopardy in for title implications. Obviously, middleweight is, is up in the air a little bit at the minute, and we've just seen people jump the queue. I'm assuming this is still at middleweight rather than light heavyweight, because I know Breeze is quite a big lad. He was down at welterweight, believe it or not, back in the day. But, yeah, I think this is... This is a big opportunity for Breeze. I think Akhmedov's, I think he's ranked. Pretty sure he's ranked. Yeah, So, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Breeze, he hasn't really sort of got the consistency game, whether it's due to injuries or a bit of form, lack of activity. And obviously he's a UK lad, so we're always going to be supporting. I think a big win there. Try and crack that, uh, crack that top 15, top 10. And like we say, people are just jumping the queue at the minute. Um, so if he beats Akhmedov, gets in the top 15, get a big fire, bang, Robert's your mother's brother, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think rather boringly, I, I agree with that, to be honest. I think uh, that, that is the best fight, like you say. The others, Pettis, Pettis Morono, kind of young against old, Dom Cruz, young against old, Benavidez, Askarov, young against old, really, isn't it? So Tom Breeze, Akhmedov is probably the, the most evenly matched one there, if you like. So, yeah, not, not too controversial, unfortunately, but I, I do agree. All right then, so uh, slightly big news this week. Probably not the most surprising to me, I didn't think, but Romero has left the UFC. He's been cut, 44 years of age, three losses in a row. I think fair enough. He's one of those ones, like you see it in football a lot, don't you? When you start getting to that age, you think about signing the new, offering a new contract, and are you really going to make up, you know, make as much money as you're going to have to spend on him? So I think it makes sense. Uh, I mean, what's he going to do now, do you think, Romero? He could, of course, go and fight in Bellator, those sorts of things. He could go into boxing. He could move over into that world. Obviously, that's gaining traction. He could do one-off fights. Or he could even go back to the Olympics. Obviously, he was a wrestler before. Might even be might even be breakdancing at the next Olympics. He may well be. I mean, I've got to get the breakdancing thing out, out of my system. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw it on the news this morning. I mean, it's not a sport, is it? I mean, he's a good breakdancer. He's got the Olympic pedigree. Yeah. Is it a sport? No. Is it a sport, Joe? No. I mean, people question whether dance is a sport, but at least... I, I, I don't... I, breakdancing? I don't, break I don't know. Dancing. I'm not sure how you judge it, I guess. I guess just opinion, is it? Just, just a, a panel of judges? Well, I was having this debate this morning. I was like, I was trying to make an argument for it that oh yeah, but gymnastics has the floor routine and stuff, and that's judged on. But yeah, I sort of fell down in my argument pretty quickly, and I, I just couldn't think of any any way in which it was a sport. Just, isn't it more art? 
or expression. Probably. Your dressage, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, there are a few odd ones in the Olympics, aren't there? But, back to the point, I'm very surprised young Romero's gone, I thought. He so you are surprised that he went? Still up there, yeah. I'm, it's just a bit out of the blue, isn't it? I thought we'd been there forever, until at least he was 50. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, he was starting to lose, when he? And, and that fight against Adesanya was a bit of a stinker, and that was probably purely down to his performance as well, so... I think it's probably best for all parties, really, that the UFC are moving on. They're letting quite a lot of older, bigger-name middleweights go. Anderson Silva, Yoel Romero, again, feeding into the narrative that the middleweight division is just up for grabs now. There's a lot of moving parts, so opportunity will knock for some of them younger fighters, as we shall see maybe ha- perhaps this weekend. And the weekend just gone, really. Yeah, I mean, we, we touched on the Olympics there. I know you wanted to obviously get your, your, your break dancing uh you disgust, really, at the, the, the whole situation. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so essentially, there's another sport that, that that another young man thinks should be in the Olympics. Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's gone out. Obviously, he's retired, hasn't he? And in Russia or somewhere over there, he's, he's bought an organisation. I think it's Russia. He's bought an MMA organisation, and he's come out and he said he said his kind of main objective at the moment is to get MMA in the Olympics as a as a sport. Uh, and I guess uh, straight away you'd argue it's probably more worthy than break dancing. Obviously, no disrespect to any break dancers listening. Uh, I mean, the, the, these these aren't necessarily my opinions. They're all Matt's, to be honest. But I mean, do you think MMA should be the Olympics? I'm personally not sure. I I don't know. I'm just not sure it's an Olympic sport. Is this? <laughs> I, who but, uh, are there uh, enough uh, MMA fighters in the world? Is it? Well, I think let's just go back briefly. My, my main gripe with the breakdancing thing is that I didn't <laughs> even realise it was a sport, rather than it not being a legitimate hobby. I'm not sure it's a sport. Just to get that clarified. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Going back to the, I, I do agree with it. I just don't think the amateur side of it is too well well structured enough, well wired. It might be in some countries, but worldwide to get enough yeah, so lopsided isn't it yeah the, the amateur is de- definitely getting better in England but there's nowhere near to the level say boxing there's no amateur like recognised safety wise and there that. Is yeah just safety yeah, yeah 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 so I, I, I do like the way it's going but it is like I think 15 20 years off at least 3 or 4 Olympics at a time in it there's a lot of work I know there's a lot of uh, I think the EMMA, I think, is a, an English MMA organisation. They're trying to get the Olympics in the sport. That's their the sport in uh, the Olympics, sorry. And I think that's something they're aiming to do. That's their main mission. Don't quote me on that, but I think that is pretty much where they're going for. The IMF, they, they do tournaments every year. This year, being the exception because of the pandemic. But at Vegas, they're, they're certainly getting bigger. But I think it's a long way off. But I'd certainly like to see it. The big thing is the rule set. How does it work? I mean, obviously, it's a brutal sport. You see boxing in there, they're losing their headgear, so there's a lot more knowledge on that these days, so perhaps I could sort of educate the, the Olympic fans, but because it's such a family sort of orientated sporting event, will they want to see something as brutal as bloody MMA? Well, this is... On this the BB, is, on BB, yeah. on BB2, uh, midday, Sue Barker doing it, you know what I mean? I don't think it's going to happen. That's what I think. I think it'll be difficult for that reason to get... Obviously, it's quite violent, isn't it? Do you want to watch someone pole vaulting and then the next thing they show you is someone getting their teeth knocked out, ground and pounded on the floor. Do you know what I mean? So I think that will be a difficult hurdle to get over. I mean, obviously, it is what it is. We're not we're not necessarily squeamish of it, and we appreciate it, don't we? But 
I think that might be a difficult sell for the Olympics. And I'm also not sure, because the Olympics doesn't go on forever, and let's say you get a decent amount of entrance, you're going to have to have quite a lot of fights. And then you're looking at, maybe you're going to have to have five fights in the space of two weeks to get to a gold medal. I'm not quite sure how that would work. Obviously, they do boxing, but it's shortened rounds. Well, it's not shortened rounds, but there's less rounds. Um, so would you end up having to do something like that with MMA? Shorter, fewer rounds. Maybe you've got, what, three two-minute rounds. You've got to have that version because if you're going to go all the way, you're going to have to fight another four times before you get there. You know, I don't know if you could really get that proper. I feel like you might have to dilute the product a little bit if you wanted to get it into the Olympics. A lot of moving parts. I mean, you're going to have to have bigger gloves. You're going to have headgear. You're going to have all sorts that's going to sort of, uh, like you say, dilute the product. And if you're a big grappler, the bigger gloves and the headgear is obviously going to screw you over. Blah, blah, blah. A lot of moving parts. Uh, I'd love to see it, but I think it is well off. The UFC started in 1993. <laughs> yeah. It's a very, very, very young sport. It's younger than me. Um, so let, I think just need to sort of plant the seed now with a big one of the biggest names in in the world behind it that's a great way to plant that seed but I don't expect it to happen anytime soon alright that's your news so another huge card coming out this weekend like we were saying earlier it feels like the last pay-per-view was only only a couple of weeks ago but UFC 256 Figueiredo back up against Moreno featherweight uh, flyweight division I mean we've spoken about uh, these two a lot in recent weeks it is a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. I think, obviously, there's some mitigating factors, isn't there, when you look at the quick turnaround. Figueredo sometimes struggles to make weight, has missed weight before. It's a difficult one. That kind of throws, if you like, something a little bit extra in there. It's it's an X factor, or it could be an X factor. It might make no difference whatsoever. But I do expect, all things being equal, I do expect Figueredo to beat Moreno this weekend. Yeah, if you make it a pick, you've got to assume they're both at their best. If they are, got fancy old D fig, aren't you? But yeah, that that is the that is the caveat, isn't it? Will they both make weight? Will Figueredo make weight? Will they make weight well as they normally should? It's a quick turnaround. I mean, this is flown by. I don't know if it's three weeks or four weeks, but it feels like yesterday we were talking about his win. Yeah, uh, it his does. Last yeah. defense at two five five. So very very quick turnaround. You'd hope that it don't have any detriment on either man's performance. Uh, but like I say it might it might add to the narrative that this is probably more of a leveler. For both fighters, and might see it an exciting fight. Like I say, if they're both on form, D-Fig, you'd expect him to get the old job done here. Yeah, I would. I would. Probably a finish. He, he loves a finish, so D-Fig for that one. I mean, do you know what? There is one we're looking forward to most on this card, so I'm, I'm going to make an executive decision. We're going to save it to last. You've got Hanato Moikano. Well, is that okay with you? Before yeah, I proceed, yeah. yeah I yeah, like yeah. it. Okay, I like cool. it. So you've got Hanato Moicano up against Fiziev. Fiziev is an exciting prospect. Moicano's kind of been, got a little bit found out, if you like, at the top level, I would say. Uh, so this is this is really uh, a, a potential big kind of slingshot opportunity for Fiziev, I would say. Well, do you remember like, Fiziev's last fight? I think it was March Casey. He's like a, March Casey, you know what he's all about. He's stand-up, pure stand-up, quality stand-up. Fiziev pretty much outclassed him in it, <laughs> and it was very, very impressive. Which is same, Sammy. It's tough to do against March Casey, and yeah. it was very frustrating as a Jacasey fan to watch because Fiziev was just a step ahead. He was straight out of the matrix as well with some of their moves. So 
he's actually a slight favourite in this fight. Uh, and I'm not surprised at all. I think this could be a sleeper as well for a fight of the night. Brutal it could be. And then you've got a man who's going in for his fifth fight. He, he's Was he supposed to be fighting this week? Any, either way, it's a short notice fight. Kevin Holland up against Jacare Souza. Middleweight division again. You've been on it all episode. It's absolutely aflame at the moment. Uh, up against Jacare. I mean, it is always interesting to see Jacare, what he can do. He had a little go at light heavyweight, didn't he? Didn't really turn out too well. But I think all the momentum is on Kevin Holland's side. He must have all the confidence in the world. He's setting records in, in terms of the amount of fights he's having. Like like we mentioned a, a couple of episodes ago, maybe. He might have gone from kind of pretty unranked, I guess maybe he was, what, 30th, 40th in the rankings. He could be like top top five, really, top seven by the end of this weekend. So that's a good fight, probably. Yeah, like I say, I think the momentum will carry Kevin Holland through this one. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know which way to swing on this one. Cause I'm looking at the odds. To bang on about the odds, I've clearly yeah. been looking at uh, some betting websites on my on my week off. <laughs> he, he's the favourite, Kevin Holland, which I think is pretty pretty amazing against Jack Ray. He, while he's had a, quite a run, Holland, and I'm not disputing any of his wins or anything like that, he did get I think a quite a lucky decision over Darren Stewart in his last one, and I think there might be a little bit of recency bias here with the bookies with Holland being the favourite. And I think if you want to make some money, Jack Ray at 11 to 10 in a fight like this, I think you can make yourself a bit. Yeah, you can't cut him out, can you? Jacare, he's got tremendous. He's got a good power, and he's he's got excellent jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I was going to say tremendous, but I feel like I feel like we're saying it almost too much. All right, I'll, I'll try it's and withdraw. Like, it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a favourite word at the moment. We, uh, oh yeah, we got Gandy boy. Yeah, the big lads, Junior dos Santos, potentially being fed to the wolves here. A lot of hype around Cyril Gane. I think he's only what's he six six and zero, five six and zero. So not a lot of experience there up against a man. You don't, they don't come much more experienced ever, to be honest, against JDS. So this one, I think, is probably a bit more even on paper. Potentially, Cyril Gain, he's got it in him to go out and finish it quite early, I think. But I think it will be tough against JDS. Like he's no, he's no mug, and he would have seen big lads like this before, and he would have fought plenty of them and beat plenty of them. So. It's uh, this one might be one of the more interesting ones on the card for me. How many times have we seen like a wily old vet like Junior yeah. just shut down a prospect like that? So yeah, always intriguing. Go either way, can't it? Gotta love the Thanos. He seems like the nicest man in the world. Love to have a coffee with him, just chat. He seems like a nice guy. So he always <laughs> yeah, he does. do well. Um, does. So I'm, I'm torn between liking the Thanos, maybe even loving him, and Ooh. seeing new blood in the division in Gangy Boy. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm swinging both ways on that one. So I'm not sure. Um, so I suppose either way I'm a winner. But on to the, <laughs> yeah, true. the people's main event. Right? True. Well, just quickly, just quickly, on the prelims you've got, like I say, so many good fights. Cub Swanson, Cubby's back against Daniel Pineda. And even before that, on the pre-prelims, you've got people like Jace, uh, Chase Hooper as well. So just ridiculous. I've gone for his barnet today, would you reckon? Yeah, look, you're looking good. You're pretty much there. Bang on. Just a- I'm looking like a... Long distance relative of Ben Askren, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with better striking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, probably you probably have. He's got dodgy hips and all. Yeah, yeah. But people's main event. People's time. It's time. Time for the people's main event. Yeah, go on. You you start. Yeah, man. Big Tony Ferguson, Charles Oliveira making his return. Big opportunity for Oliveira, I believe, but are people counting out Tony Ferguson? I think people are reading too much into that Gaethje fight. 
I think you've got to look at the you've got to look at that two weight cut thing. It was a very unusual situation. I think I think also with the Khabib situation, choked out Connor, choked out Gaethje, choked out Poirier. I think Ferguson is literally the fight Khabib wants, and I think this opportunity here just lays on a plate for him. I think obviously Oliveira is a very dangerous fight, particularly if it goes to the ground. But I think Ferguson comes back and wins in impressive, brutal, bloody fashion. And I think he gets that long-awaited fight with Khabib. <laughs> so you, you, you're even throwing the Khabib strand in here. Yeah, I guess you might be right. You might be, you might be waiting for that. Do you think that does... Yeah, I mean, we all just want to see that fight, to be honest, don't we? I was going to say, do you reckon he'd have to get a couple of wins to tempt Khabib? But if he might want it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, at the, uh, at the start of the week, I was kind of on the Oliveira train a little bit. I was thinking he might get an upset here because he has been on an absolute roll. It's like seven wins in a row, isn't it? Something like that. But I had a look at the wins and they're not against the best of opponents, if we're being honest. I don't, I'm not sure if there's anyone really top 10 in there. I don't think that, that he's that he's full. So Kevin Lee's your push. Yeah, who's always up and down. So uh, to be honest, I think Tony Ferguson should do it. Like he didn't disgrace himself against Justin Gaethje by any means. He um, you know, just got outstruck at the end of the day. So yeah, I think you make a valid point that the double weight cut and things like that. I am now leaning a little bit back towards Tony Ferguson, and like I say, if it does lead to a Khabib fight, then that's that's good for everyone, isn't it? I think that he, like people who take fights on short notice, have that sort of excuse in their back pocket as to why he lost the game sheet. He's got that two-weight cut thing, trump cards to play. It's like, no, no, that weren't the best me. I've got, I did two-weight cuts that fight, and you could sell that going into a title fight or a potential rematch with Gaethje or something like that. Um, and, and I believe it as well. I think he wasn't his true self. He weren't 100%. And people were saying it, it, was, it wasn't an excuse because of what happened in his performance. People were saying it before the fight. And they, they say, I think it's a bit of a worry. He's done this twice. Why is he doing it? Yeah, that's true. Hopefully he goes in with a little bit more sort of savvy about it. And he's an old lad. So what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, I've, he is. On that point, actually, I've, I've got a little acker for you, Joe. I've called it the old, old lad acker. Like it. My favourite. Any of you who like an old lad, which I know you do. I do. <laughs> uh, you mentioned him on the prelims, Cubby Swanson. Yes. JDS, who's three to one, by the way, on his own. Three to one. Cool, that's good, isn't it? Gamesy. Jack Array, 11 to 10. And Tony Ferguson at 8 to 15. Fourth old, 27 to one, old lad Acker. It's got to be worth a score, isn't it? Oh, I mean, that's not even that outrageous, really, is it? No. The only dodgy one is JDS. I could see him shutting him down. Um, could happen. Don't know. Cub Swanson think might be a little bit dodgy. Might mm. be a bit dodgy. But that aside, <laughs> that's a decent acker, and I think that's worth, worth at least a fiver for a ton back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good chat. I like it. What are you saying? That, that'll get you a substantial meal and a few beers, won't it? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I'll have to buy quite a lot of substantial meals to be able to order the amount of substantial beers that that would get. <laughs> so that'd be... Yeah. You're on the bulk, mate. Don't matter. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. That is the people's main event. Nice little acker as well. Do you want to? Do you want to put in what your sort of your second people's main event might be? Your sort of peasants' main event, I guess. I'm looking forward to the Fizier fight. Oh yeah. I think I think it'd be quite brutal, and I think if it goes to the ground, it might be a bit tricky for him. Obviously, Hanato Moicano is is very good there as well, but I think Moicano might find it a bit tricky on the on the feet. 
if he can't get him down, he's in a bit of trouble. Um, so I think we might see an impressive performance, perhaps a performance of the night for old Fizzy. Yeah, that's fair enough. And yourself? Yeah, for me, I would, for me, I would say the JDS-Cyril Gain fight, just because that one there, even, even if that was a fight that ended up quite clinchy and quite slow, then that would mean that JDS is doing quite a good job as a 3-1 underdog. So even though that might be the most boring scenario, that's still... Still quite, it would still be quite exciting and quite uh, impressive to see that. So, I think then on the opposite side, you've obviously got the chance of a huge knockout. So, I would say JDS Cyril game. All in all, very, very exciting card. Very, yeah. And it'll do well to beat this this card just gone. To be honest, obviously there's a lot more names here, aren't there? Just well, a ton more names, to be honest. But uh, yeah, hopefully if if it's if it's anywhere near as good as it was as the card at the weekend just gone then uh, we'll be getting our money's worth for sure. Perhaps we should mug it off because it seems to be good when we mug it yeah, off. Yeah, it does. Fighters yeah. and fight cards are good when we mug them off. So it. um, let's not praise it too much. Could be a dud. All right. I think other than that, I think that's the end of the show. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We are Mustard MMA. If you could check us out on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Mustard MMA, the Mustard MMA. Give us a like and a follow and a five star and all those good bits if you can. But other than that, enjoy the fights and uh, we'll be here next week. Laters. Au revoir.